Friday, they say. Yes, indeed. From the island of Guam. On the west, or is it the east? Huh. Eastward to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north all the way to the Pole, and worldwide on the Internet. This is Coast to Coast AM. Good evening, victims. That's what you all are, is victims. Right? There is no question in my mind, nor has there been for years, about the existence of ghosts. I know there are ghosts. And I think most of you, the majority of you actually, know there are ghosts too. So, every now and then we stop what we're doing, whatever that is. What is it we do here anyway? Anyway, we, we every now and then stop and we do what we call ghost to ghost instead of coast to coast. Actually, it's the same thing, just new name. And we tell ghost stories all night long. Now, you may hear it in my voice, but if you would like to see it in my face as well, then you're going to want to be absolutely certain you check out tonight's webcam photo, which I took just a very few moments ago. That'll show you. That'll, that'll, it'll absolutely demonstrate to you what my mood is like. You'll be able to see my mood like that. It's my webcam shot. You know, you go to my uh, webpage, go to program. No, no. You don't go to program. How do you get there? Let's see. Good. Now I can't even operate my own computer. Here we go. Program and Art Bell Studio Cam. <laughs> yes, indeed. Took that a few minutes ago. That'll set the mood for you, all right. I would like to welcome WTSLAM in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Or is it New Hampshire? No, it's New Hampshire. Technically, it's probably New Hampshire, right? 1,400 on the dial there. Yo to Sean Baker, the PD. Little do you know what you're in for, Sean. It's going to get a little rough. <laughs> it always does on these nights. All we do is tell real ghost stories. And, you know, there, there are a few rules to what we're going to do tonight. Let me lay those down now, all right? Only serious, interesting, scary ghost stories need apply. They're all by phone. Unless you consider yourself to have, because there's as many of you out there as there are, there are ghosts and a million ghost stories in the night. So only the premium ghost stories need apply. I mean, they've got to be good. So that's rule one. Rule two is, for God's sakes, turn down your radio. Okay? But that's always a rule. Then there's rules about 
Boy, we have a lot of rules, huh? <laughs> ghost photos. Yes, we will accept ghost photographs. As I think now, we have probably... I think we have the best collection of ghost photographs on the web. If not, then we're certainly getting close, you know, to the best. And that's thanks to all of you. The same ones that are going to provide the quality ghost stories tonight, I would like to provide, uh, provide quality ghost photos as well. So only the good ghost photos need apply. Now, what does that mean? That means any obvious cigarette smoke ghost photos are out. They've got to be better than that. That means a ghost photo with a camera strap blurring the front doesn't count either. Occasionally we get the real thing. You know, last night, or the, was it? No, the night before. That was, that was the night before. Uh, somebody led me to, I think it's the fifth page uh, in the gallery... A ghost photos, a fifth page, I think. And there's this picture of this, God almighty, there's an arm coming right out of the television. And it looks, you know, if it's a fake, it's a really, really, really good fake. If it's not a fake, it's everybody's nightmare. I mean, it's just everybody's nightmare. You look at that picture, some caller led me there. You know, I slowly, plot, plottingly made my way there on my own website, and I got to that one. And I went, oh, my God, look at that. I had, and I'd never seen it. I guess it's been up there for a while. But I hadn't seen that particular one. That's, that's a real heart stopper. Absolutely no question about it. So um, we want only quality ghost photos sent to webmaster at artbell.com. That's Keith. He is standing by to review and judge your photograph. And if it's up to par, if it's really scary, we're going to put it up tonight. In fact, uh, we've already got new ghost photos up there for you right now. As the collection continues to grow, I, I mean, there is no doubt, there is simply no doubt in my mind about the fact that ghosts are real. They are. They're as real as, as we are. There may be questions about what a ghost is. Whether it's a human soul trapped here, surely sometimes it, it is, right? Human souls do apparently for at least a period, if not longer, <laughs> get trapped here on Earth. And then there may be the memory, the, the sort of... What, 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 I don't even know what the right phrase would be. The, the, the memory, the... the uh, I don't know what it is that's left of a person when their soul has departed. But something that seems to stick around. Maybe that means we, you know, we have more components than we thought we had. I mean, soul goes this way. The lingering memory of the person goes that away. I don't know. We have. We uh, have you ever thought about that? We may have more components than you thought.
this is really good for any program you do up here. This this way of coming back into the show. It's good for any program you do. All right, so you know what we're going to do tonight? It's going to be ghosts all night long. Shall we experiment? You always got to get warmed up in this biz, so let's see. All we're taking are ghost stories tonight. That's it. Got one to tell? Good one? Fine. All other matters are verboten. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Hi. Calling from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Canada, yes, sir. See you on CJOB here. Right. Anyways, I don't know if I met a ghost or a time traveler, but this is one freaky tale, let me tell you. Well, just sort of lay it out for me uh, real quickly, if you can, and I'll try and make a judgment. Every summer I go and I live in a tent in a campground. One night I'm sitting there listening to a football game. This guy rides up in an old Indian motorcycle. Mm -hmm. He had uh, skin that looked like leather. He had Texas plates on his bike. Uh, yeah, had, a lot of men in Texas look like that. <laughs> he had uh, two stickers on the fender skirts. One said, America, land of the free, as long as you do what you're told. The other one had a, <laughs> the other one had a picture of... Uh, Mount Rushmore, and a picture of Reagan smiling with a, with a tooth that was sparkling, and it said, don't believe any of them. Anyways, we're sitting there talking. I gave the guy supper. If you're going to give me this kind of detail all the way through, uh, we don't have enough show to do this. Okay, anyways, <laughs> we get talking and uh, comparing countries, this and that. Told me that uh, they never really did land on the moon. Americans never landed on the moon. He said that. Uh-huh. He said, uh, not only that, he said Apollo 13 didn't happen the way it said. There was no accident in space. I asked him why this would happen. They said, uh, he said the country's morale was down, Vietnam War. He said, if you look at when they, when they came back to the planet, the whole world stopped, sat on their seat, on the edge of their seat, and held their breath. Mm -hmm. He said uh, they'd done it for financing, and they'd done it for the morale of the country. Anyways... He went on and on. I asked him what he'd done. He told me he was a history teacher, and he kind of grinned and uh, huh. gave a belly laugh. He started telling me all these tales. And sometime I, I got up, I went to use the outhouse. I was about 200 feet from my tent. I came back. He was gone. I never heard the bike. I asked my neighbor beside me. He never seen the guy all night. Nobody in the campground seen this guy. So you think that he was the ghost of America, really? I, I, I mean, don't know, you know teaching you, teaching you history the way it really was versus the present matrix that we all live in, right? I don't know if he was a ghost or a time traveler or what he was. I want well, to... what, yeah, see, it's close enough. I, I, I'll accept that. That's a, that's a fair medium call, ghost or time traveler, who knows? Matrix Traveler. How about that? <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Yes, man. Oh, man. I'm glad I made it there. Um, yeah, I'd like to be Mr. Art Bell. This is Mr. Art Bell. Hi, sir. How are you? What can I do for you? Do you have a ghost story? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I guess it was back in uh, 93. I was 
uh, dinner. I was in a 7-Eleven. There was just three people in the 7-Eleven store, me and two people. Two people came in front of me, and they were going through the yard, you know, with the, the milk and the soda pops out. Yes, and, um, generally, yes. Anyway, well, up against the wall, usually. But anyway, these two people looked kind of, they were dressed in bad clothes. And they were just a few feet in front of me. And all of a sudden, uh, I heard this voice out of nowhere. It says, only fools pay. <laughs> and I was just looking around, and there was nobody there that said that. And Maybe I, it was a voice in your own head. Yeah, only fools pay. Only fools pay. Trying to talk you into copping a soda pop or God knows what else. See, could have been your own inner voice tempting you. You know, the the little guy that sits over on the... Does he sit on the bad one, sit on the right or the left? Then there's a good one. But the good one doesn't get to speak up that much. That sounds like the bad one. Only fools pay in 7-Eleven. Take it, bud, and run. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Mr. Art. This is Frank. I'm calling from Orlando, and I'm listening to you on the Internet. Yes, Frank. Um, this is uh, quite a few years ago. I was actually pretty young, about six years old, <laughs> six or seven. I lived in Long Island at the time, and uh, <clears throat> I had an appearance of some type of apparition in uh, my bedroom window. Um, stays with me today. I remember it as, uh, as just like it happened yesterday. What do you rem- What do you remember it looked like? It was a uh, definite female, a woman that appeared to be in her thirties. Mm. Um, I remember that it was generally all one color, um, like a, a greenish or grayish color. <clears throat> and the best description that I can give of her. I could actually see an emotion on her face. It appeared that she looked at me with compassion. Um, if I was to see it today, I wouldn't be frightened. But then I, I ran out of my room screaming. <laughs> mm. And um, I, I never told anybody about this until about the age of 25. I was mentioning it to my sister. At that point, she told me that she had also seen the same, the same thing in our house. Oh, no kidding. So no kidding. whatever it was then was um, in the area of your house, and not just visiting you in particular, but... I, I would imagine, you know, it was um, <clears throat> not something that I saw all the time. It was just a, a one-time deal. My parents never mentioned anything of it. Um, but we did move out of that house about a year afterwards, and the people who purchased the house from us um, moved out about two months afterwards. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's related or not. But... I don't suppose uh, when you sold that house that you disclosed to this happy little honeymooning couple that was going to get it next uh, that <laughs> there was an entity in there that would tend to show up by your by, by your bed in your window at night. <laughs> well, at the time, I wasn't old enough to to have that kind of contact to give them that information, but... Uh, you mean you didn't I, say, Mommy, Daddy, no. you've got to tell them. <laughs> um, well, actually, um, I have a grandmother who was babysitting that, that evening, and she does remember me running out of my room screaming. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yes, yes. yeah. All right. Um, I appreciate your call, sir. Thank, Thank you, you and uh, uh, take care. Yes? An entity. Well... What do we know about this? We know that ghosts, 
particularly those produced by suicides, especially suicides, and that, that is worrisome, seem to hang around the place where they committed suicide, where they took their own life. So I suppose had you had a chance to, you know, check into it a little bit, you might have found that uh, somebody may have done themselves in on that property somewhere. These days, you've got to disclose that kind of thing when you sell a house. But you and I all know, we, we, we both know, don't we, that you would never disclose that, would you? <laughs> and oh, by the way, you're buying uh, an entity as well. It's in the house here. No, you're not likely to say that, are you? So... I wonder how frequently such a thing is invoked. I suppose when there's an official prior history of haunting. Now, how, how would you establish that? Well, newspaper articles, perhaps? I can see an attorney using that. Uh, you see, there was publicity about this house. Everybody knows there was something wrong, very, very wrong in this house. A newspaper story like that. So who would want to have one about their house, right? Nobody. Well, then you couldn't sell it without disclosing what was really going on inside. I'm Art Bell. This is <laughs> Ghost to Ghost AM. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Jenny was sweet, but was she human? I have a way of knowing things, and I know this. If you have a really good ghost story, and you don't try to get through tonight, something really awful is going to happen to you. This has burdened you long enough. This is your opportunity for release by telling your story. And if you don't, it's not my responsibility. You've been warned. On the first time caller line, you're on the air. How you doing, Art? Well, so far so good. Before I tell you, can I ask you a question? Uh, possibly. Do you know what lineage the Vikings were? No. I don't either, so I guess uh, it's not going to help. But, but anyway, I don't really believe in ghost art, but I do believe in demonic manifestations. I believe there's familiar spirits which pose as people that we've known. 
which are actually demonic manifestations. That is a really conservative religious viewpoint, isn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's non-specific demonic manifestations. And, and you, you believe there are everything that uh, would be that explains the millions of stories we can get on this program and elsewhere. And photographs. All of it is explained by the devil. Well, yes, because uh, the Bible points it out about familiar spirits, and of course. And so, all right, fine. We'll we'll go with what you believe your category to be. But, the, but that uh, doesn't mean. But I also believe that it. I'm not going to argue it with you. You believe it. I'm. I have no. Right. You know, fine. But, believe it. Just tell me. Have you had uh, an encounter with an evil, demonic oh, absolutely. spirit? Absolutely. But let me just say that I believe that they could be interdimensional beings too. That doesn't uh, because that that's that's separate entities. So you're a little open-minded. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, tell your story. Now this 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 comes with a parallel too. Uh, me and me and a friend both had this same experience at different times. It's pretty pretty wild. Uh, not only did we have the same experience, we had been friends for several years, and then all of a sudden we found out while he was retracing his roots, roots that we had the same grandfather in Ireland, the same great-great-great-great-great-grandfather in Ireland, mm -hmm. which was very weird because we're both from different areas of the country, mm -hmm. and we met each other through work. But anyway, uh, what happened one night, as, as I'll get right to the story, I woke up, and what I saw was really, really scary. There was a big entity in, in my room at the foot of my bed, and it was huge, and it had horns, great, huge horns on its head. And I'll, I'll get to the, the clincher of this in a minute. But it had great horns on its head, and it had red eyes, bright red eyes, and it was just standing there in my doorway. Heat red eyes. Heat red eyes. Right. Well, what I did is I said, of course, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not uh, really, I, I believe in, in the Bible, and I believe in Christianity, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big practicing Christian. But nevertheless, I said, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And the entity walked back through the door and faded away. All right, you know the, and I've heard this a million times. Well, here's the I big. Mean, oh, I'm sorry. There's a, there's more. Oh, there's it's much more to this. I, I was just going to say though, and this will argue a little bit with your belief system, I know, but uh, you might as well have said, "In the name of Art Bell, the paranormal talk show host, be gone." Well, that might have scared him too. It, 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 it might have, and it would, certainly would have told us a lot. Now, somebody out there should try. Now, I'm not going to be responsible for any lawsuit, for any bloody pulps uh, uh, just sort of lingering uh, and soaking into the bed that are left after this is tried. But there, there's, a great, there's a great other part of this story, though. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, me and my friend, we practice coffee drinking at restaurants late at night and talking about things, including your show. Yes. We like to talk about your show over coffee, but anyway... I told him about that experience one night. I told him, and he and I, he says, "Well, I had the same experience, the same thing." Yeah. And I said, "Did it have horns on its head?" He said, "Yeah." And I said, "What something similar to you said?" And it backed down the hallway. I didn't tell him one point of this. I said, "Well, tell me what it looked like." He said, "Well, the horns weren't really horns. It was like a Viking cap." Mm -hmm. I looked at my friend and said, ah, I, didn't tell, "I did not tell you this part about it." Yeah, the I lineage. Said, but that's what it, that's what it was. It was a Viking cap. I didn't tell him that. But we both had the same experiences. He both said something similar, and his, instead of, you know, just out of the room, his was in the hallway, and it walked down the hallway and disappeared. But it was like a huge Viking. I'm, I'm with you all the way, and uh, I, I can't think of anything that I would less like to see than something with glowing red eyes. That creeps me out. That always creeps me out. Glowing red eyes I know are bad. 
very bad. No matter what else, what other form the creature has, the glowing red eyes, oh, they're very bad. And by the way, just so there's no mistake about it, if I ever encountered one of these things and I had to invoke a name to get it gone, you can bet your bottom dollar it wouldn't be my name. <laughs> you all want to try that, you go right ahead. <laughs> Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Hi. This is Robert, KFI in Los Angeles. Yes, sir, the mighty KFI. Uh, I have been haunted by the ghost of a dead cheerleader. Whoa. Oh, not, not, as, not as bad as, uh, as, as a lot I hear about, sir. Oh, yes. She died quite recently. Uh, she, uh, she was uh, murdered by a photographer, and a photographer was sentenced and convicted for uh, uh, murdering her. Yes. Do you remember this story? No, but, but uh, well, let's see, do I? I do remember, well, anyway, it's not important. Go right ahead. All right. Dead well, cheerleader. Let's see, I had met her uh, five, five years previously, but I was haunted by her in 1973 when I was in the Air Force. I uh, would be in formation. There would be several thousand of us in formation going to tech school, and all of a sudden the entire formation was called to a halt while all the big NCOs and officers came up to look at me. And I'm standing there wearing a cute little cheerleader outfit with pom-poms in my hand, and my airman behind me is rubbing my behind. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, after that, my life was a living heck, and I couldn't understand it. Uh, anyway. Well, uh, I, I remember uh, boot camp real well. And people like you, uh, if you were really in that outfit, you know, it's like you went home the next day. You were, yeah. that, that was a ticket home. So there can't possibly be more to this story. Oh, there's except, plenty. Uh, well, there can't be, except, except to say that uh, uh, in boot camp, a lot of us in our mind's eye saw cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Every, every day, in fact. Uh-huh. Well, they, they, everybody saw one. And there wasn't a, a woman around to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, my commanding officer's commanding officer, former commanding officer, was uh, Brigadier General Chuck Yeager. Uh, shortly after that, he came down to interview me. Why? Because my commanding officer was uh, as friends with a Yeager, and Yeager came to interview because he heard about it. This oh, is about the time on. of the comet. This is about the time of the comet in 1973, and about the time Colonel Fox of Kingsland. It, ne it never, it never got that weird, sir. Never. Chuck Yeager had a lot of things to do with his time, but interviewing people who had donned cheerleading uniforms in basic training while getting fondled—that uh, would not have been high on his list. I don't buy it, Monk. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Mr. Bell. Yes. Ah, yes, sorry about that. A little slow on the trigger here. I'm not a Canadian, so <laughs> I really enjoy. It. So it must be Air Force night tonight. I'm yeah. retired Air Force. Are you? I was stationed at F.E. Warren Air Force Base the last few months I was in, and since I went retired on active duty, they gave me a position babysitting in the dormitories. Uh, the buildings at F.E. Warren are extremely old. They're from about after after the Civil War. And I worked very late at night. That really is old. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a nice base. But as I was sitting there, must have been about 3 in the morning, I had a Buffalo soldier report in. And A, a Buffalo soldier? Yeah, full regalia, uh, buckskins, the hat, the pistols. Just terrified me. You mean just came right up to you? 
He came into my office. Full to my form, dad. not wispy or anything like a ghost, but just solid human? No, he was, he was solid to me, I, and then he left. He, he just disappeared. Vaporized, I guess, would be the best word for it. In front of your eyes? In front of my eyes. Uh, about five minutes after, everybody in the dormitory knew I'd seen him, <laughs> because it, it did scare me. Well, there are two types after an experience like that. One is, like you, can't keep your mouth shut, going to have to tell everybody in sight just to feel better <laughs> about it. And the other is, I'm never telling anybody about this. I'm going to go have a little nap, and I'm going to see if I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would lived uh, across the field from General Blackjack's old house, Blackjack Pershing. Yes. And there were reports of lights and stuff in that building, his old house. And I had never believed anything until that soldier reported to me. And well, here's... That was amazing. Here's something that I, uh, I've thought an awful lot about, and that is bat battlefields. Uh, I, too, was in the Air Force uh, to pile on here. And um, during Vietnam, and a lot of people died, and, you know, there are a lot of ghosts on battlefields, and I... I've been if, if if a ghost is really a human soul still here on Earth, then there would be in my mind zero righteousness in the world and a very unfair God uh, to take any soldier who had died in defense of his country and keep him trapped, keep his soul trapped on Earth. Yes. How ultimately unfair would that be? That would be a terrible. Terrible afterlife. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Thank you very much. Uh, terrible indeed. So, why then are battlefields littered with ghosts? Hmm? What sort of God would allow that to occur? And the only answer you can really hope for here is that indeed it is not the soul, but uh, some other component of what's left of you when your body is gone. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Um, Hi. This is Anita from Harrisburg, Oregon. Hi there, Anita. Hi. Um, I have a kind of a freaky story to tell that happened to me. Um, actually, we've had several things happen to us in this house. Um, and anyway, we had, my husband and I had just watched a movie. It was the Amityville Horror. And we're getting ready for bed and went, went and got in. And I started getting this really icky feeling like something evil was in the room with me. Yes. And my husband had gone to sleep, and we had our one-year-old son in the, in the same room, and he started fussing and fussing and went and fell down. And I was starting to doze off. Every time I doze off, I jump awake like something kept bothering me, or, you know, and I had this real evil feeling. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, I had dozed off, and I jumped awake again because it felt like something had taken a finger and run across my feet at the end of the bed, and I heard a hiss. Ooh. A hiss. <laughs> and you don't have cats? No, <laughs> we didn't have any cats. Hisses are really bad. Yeah, but um, I had the light on all night. I was laying there on my back, you know, so I could see all around the sides of me. And, and uh, anyway, I was so scared, I didn't know what to do, so I said, you know, just had a quick prayer. And that feeling went away. And, uh,. Was finally my and son. whatever it was yeah, went it, away. Yeah, it did. And my son settled down, and I settled down, and we slept the rest of the night. And Well, you know, I guess we, we've got to ask, is, yeah. it, is that really 
the power of God is the prayer, know. the uh, invocation of uh, the Lord's name. Yeah, but if Jesus, uh, does, it, does that really drive these things away, or is it just the command, your command, uh, your mental command, to be gone? Yeah, but before that, my husband had seen a big figure in our doorway of the bedroom. He just saw the, the form of it, and oh. uh, this was like probably a couple months before my experience. And then it went away, and then a couple nights later, he woke up, and it was right in his face. Uh -huh. And he's, he goes, what do you want? And it says, I want you. And he just laid there. He was just frozen. And then I woke up, too, and he was just drenched in sweat. My God, you mean you both saw, <laughs> you both saw him? Or, or you, you, when, when you woke, it, you saw him drenched in sweat, huh? Yeah, he was just, and he was all freaked out. and, and I, I... I that's interesting because I've never heard of anybody coming back from I want you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> we moved into this house. Um, we had to clean it out, and upstairs there were stacks and stacks of witchcraft books, and we kind of think that had something to do with it. We do had... you know anything about the uh, former tenants? Um, not really, just that um, um, they were... Um, they weren't very clean. <laughs> we had to clean up the whole house. And they obviously had an, a big interest in witchcraft. Oh, yeah, big interest. And even my kids, when they were little, they slept up in that room where we cleaned the books out of. And my oldest son said he would see, well, he described them as white ladies dancing in the closet. And uh, he said that they made kind of a growling sound. Growling? Yeah. Yeah, so we've had a lot of weird stuff happen here. but That's another thing that would be uh, really upsetting to me, would be a female growling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, he's, and my older daughter had seen him, too, at the same time. So I knew that they, you know, and they were totally serious. That's, they, that's even more serious. When you have, like, two people, two witnesses, two family members who see the same thing at the same time, if that really happens, time to move out. Well, actually, we had a house fire, and it burned the whole upstairs. You're kidding. You're kidding. Did it really? Yeah, and so well, my husband remodeled the whole house, and we tore the whole top of the house off completely. And ever since then, we have not had anything happen here in this house. Well, I wonder, yeah, but what does that say? I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's really, you know, that's another thing that I found really strange because, you know, after the house fire... We rebuild the house, and then nothing yet happens again. So you burned the ghost out, or <laughs> the ghost burned itself out. And uh, what, what caused the fire, do you know? Well, they think it was a, an extension cord, oh, yeah, but they're yeah. not sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's almost as good as swamp gas yeah, for because UFOs. This house was built in 1940, so, you know, lots of things could have happened here. <laughs> but see, that sort of seems to say that whatever it was was locked into that physical place, that physical uh, building. Uh-huh. And so what in the world do you suppose happened to it when it burned? I don't know. That's what I've always wondered. That's had me puzzled because, you know, we were having so many weird things happen here, and then all of a sudden it's gone. <laughs> well, a lot of people in the audience scoff at this kind of thing, and they say, ah, baloney. Stories, made no. up stories, not made up, is it? No, no, none of it. I appreciate your call. Okay, thank I, you. Thank you very much. Take care. No, not made up. 
unfortunately, these things are real. I, I just, I wish that we understood more about them. And try as we might, it seems nearly impossible to achieve that. Once again, you might uh, take a glance at my webcam photo tonight when you get a chance. <laughs> it was my in-the-mood photo. Uh, well, let's see what lurks upon the wild card line. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Extinguish your radio. I did. You have a ghost story for us? I certainly do, sir. Letter I ready. have. Okay. So uh, I was in my house in uh, Plymouth, New Hampshire, where I actually rented the apartment above an accounting office. And uh, at one night, at about 10 o'clock at night, all of a sudden I heard some loud noise, which sounded like somebody was down there slamming one of the doors. And I heard what sounded like somebody going into a a file cabinet and just ripping through the uh, files like you could just hear papers yep. flying through yep. and then uh, and I was scared I said well I'm, I, I yelled down to it I said who's down there and I said I have a gun up here and uh, no response just started tearing through me even more so I went and I called the local police they showed up in three minutes the noise stopped pretty much right as they showed up I went out and uh you know, gre greeted them, and they were like, well, what's going on? And they went, and they checked all the doors to make sure nobody had broken in. And uh, then, then you know, sure enough, they said, oh, there's nobody in there. They shine their lights in there, whatever, and they left. Mm. Well, the next morning, um, or, or later that night, I heard nothing more. Um, but then, then you know, the next, the next morning, the accountant came in and said, I went down there and said to her, this was my landlord, I said, you know, I thought, I have to tell you, I called the police last night. Um, I thought uh, someone had broken in and been going through your files. She was like, well, nothing's out of order. And she's like, that's really weird because I couldn't tell. It felt like somebody was holding the door when I tried to come in this morning. Oh, really? Is this our bell? Yeah, oh, of course it is, yes. Yes, okay. Well, like somebody was holding the door and she couldn't get in? Yes, sir. While all this was obviously going on, huh? Yes, and then she went around the front, unlocked it, and went in, and uh, went back to that back door, and that door was unlocked, and no one was there. And I was looking out every window in that house to uh, make sure that uh, you know nobody came running out of there because it is a gotcha. college town. I've got to, I've got to go at that point. Thank you. This is Ghost to Ghost AM. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell, and tonight we're telling only ghost stories. That's all we're doing. Ghost stories. If you don't have a ghost story, don't call. And it better be a good one, too. And we're only taking quality ghost photographs sent to my esteemed webmaster. If you have a ghost photograph that just won't quit, not smoke, not, you know, camera straps or anything like that, we want the real McCoy. Send it to webmaster at artbell.com, and we will post it tonight during the program. You can go look at it. By the way, I've got my own webcam. Remember when you were a kid? Well, wait till you see what the results are with me earlier tonight on my webcam. <laughs> it says volumes about my mood.
know, I look at my own webcam picture and it scares me. <laughs> I did that myself. I look at that and I go, oh my God, what's in me? You know? Maybe that's a good question. What's in me? You take a look at that. Do I have my evil side? <laughs> God, I look terrible. Absolutely terrible. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Glad to have you back, Art. Oh, thank you. And um, my name is An Andrew. I'm uh, in Castro Valley, California. Oh, yes. Um, listen, I uh, have a story that took place in 1980. I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, I don't know if you know where the town of Auburn, California is. I or... do indeed. Oh, yes. Well, I went to high school in Auburn there. Um, the high school was previously a university that my father attended. Just about a half a mile away, there was the Auburn Courthouse, very famous building, um, huge, and it had been abandoned for at least 40 years. Uh, mm. Right after the war, they stopped using it and moved the courthouses to a more modern building. And I was an aspiring filmmaker in those days in high school, and so I managed to get permission from the county clerk to uh, to go in and, and do an amateur film in there, and I got the keys, and I went into the place with uh, two or three friends of mine. This was going to be what? Just some histor historical film? No, no, this was just going to be kind of a kind of a romp, you know, kind of a fantasy little thing. I, I didn't quite have it worked out. It, we were kind of winging it as far as the film goes. Yeah. But it was just an interesting background once I got in there. I, I had no idea what I was in for. Um as far as the story goes, and, and the architecture, too, was pretty amazing. Uh, we got inside the place. Um, if you can imagine, just a huge box, basically, made of stone, uh, three stories high. And then on top of that was a giant rotund, uh, much like a, a Capitol building rotund. Oh, yes. And on top of that was a, a little miniature rotund where you could get up a, kind, yep. Of a, yep. kind of a kind of the crow's nest. No, I, I can picture it. I've seen the buildings. Okay. Well, um, we got in there, and, and the whole downstairs was all marble. I think it had been redone in the 20s in kind of Art Deco style. And there was dust and cobwebs everywhere. And uh, we, we started setting up our equipment and looking around. And uh, mostly we were using the film as an excuse to, to goof off because it was just such a tremendously interesting playground. You know, and to have the keys to this place, I felt like I was getting away with something. Um, but we started hearing uh, banging noises coming from the upper floors, and we hadn't been up there yet, so we didn't know if anyone was in the building or not. Mm -hmm. And so we went up and checked it out. Two of us did, and uh, we had our girlfriends there. They stayed downstairs. Uh, they didn't want to go up, and uh, there was no one there. So we came back down. Uh, we looked in all the courtrooms. And believe me, the courtrooms were, were lavish, you know, dark, varnished wood. Oh, even yeah, even modern courtrooms are that way. And, and all through the South, they stay that way. I mean, they're really old, as you point out, um, heavy wood, carved wood. You really have a feeling of old, sure. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. it was beautiful. And in the downstairs, there were safes. There were these enormous uh, safes with brass and steel and iron. And uh, they were just open, several of them. And so we filmed some footage down there, and and uh, this banging continued. And so then we, after having found out that no one was in the building, 
the banging persisted, and we started really getting nervous. And and yet, at the same time, we were intrigued. We wanted to see something almost. You know, we wanted to go up and and have some experience. I guess at that age, <laughs> and so we we uh, kind of sneaked up there and looked around and there was again no one there nothing there uh the electricity was on so we could work the lights and uh, we came back downstairs and i noticed that uh, all my papers my scripts in my little folder was not on the bench where i left it and i was looking around for it maybe i left it over where the safes are or somewhere else and so i searched for it couldn't find it and then um went back upstairs carrying all the equipment with us and i noticed that of all things my camera strap was gone someone had actually taken the camera strap unsnapped it off the camera the movie <laughs> camera and it was missing yes so we carried everything up into this uh, gigantic courtroom and lo and behold on top of the the bench on top of the, the judge's table or desk there was my book and the camera strap neatly folded across it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was, there was only four of us. The girls were really reluctant to come upstairs at all. And so there was me and my friend. And I would have noticed if either of us had been carrying the book or the camera strap. And um, I went back down and asked the girls, you know, how did the camera strap get off of the camera? And they said, oh, we don't know. We, we've just been sitting here the whole time. They were down there, you know, having sodas and eating food or whatever. And so I'm like, okay. So we went back upstairs, and we had turned off all the lights because we wanted to see uh, if we could do filming in the dark, you know, with the, the present light coming in through the windows. Only the young and stupid. Well, you know. I mean, after all this, you're turning off the lights. All right. right. All right, go ahead. Okay, so we, we go back upstairs, and and uh, the light in the one courtroom is on. Now, I, I didn't think anything of it, because who knows? My, my friend could have gone back up there, turned it on, whatever. Sure. So we're in the courtroom. The light is on. Uh, I'm filming a little footage, and then the banging happens again. <laughs> so all of us go downstairs, hmm. and, and the girls want to leave. They, they don't want any part of it now. They're, they're scared, because we've already told them there's no one here. Proving again, girls are smarter than boys. <laughs> pretty, pretty much true. <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know, adventure kicks in, and and so we really wanted to know what was happening. What, what you call adventure is actually stupidity, uh, stupidity and youthful testosterone running out sure. of control. Anyway, so sure. fine, you you go. Um, well, the girls decided to go, and and it was you know the lunch hour that we had, and that was pretty much over. So, being studious individuals, they went back to school, and, and we stayed there, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, on the on the downstairs floor, there were cells, holding cells. Ah, uh, made of. That's right. There would be cells, wouldn't there, in a in a old courthouse? Well, there sure were, and um, a couple of them had doors at both ends. There were like long, narrow cells with a door at one end, iron bar grates, and a gotcha. door at the other end. Gotcha. Well, we went inside one of these cells, made sure that it couldn't lock. There was no lock on it. And the other end was wide open. We walked in. The door behind us slammed shut <laughs> for no apparent reason. <laughs> and so our instant reaction was to run like the Dickens and go out the other end yep. before it slammed shut. I mean, we were terrified at that point. 
And so you made a dash for the other side. We made a dash for the other side. We got out oh. and entered into a different part of, of the courthouse, circled back around to where we'd started, and it was open as if it had never happened. Uh -huh. So let me guess. You went back in. Well, no, we didn't go back into the cell. At this point, it was it had become like a game. You know, we were just waiting to see what the next thing was that was going to happen. And we couldn't let it go. I mean, <laughs> we weren't seeing anything. We weren't hearing voices or anything. It, it, we were just convinced that somebody's playing with us. Yeah, well, they, these kind of games in the movies end up with dismembered bodies. Anyway, anything else? Well, there was one final punctuation that, that made us all never go back. And that happened right outside the building in broad daylight, probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Up on top of the building, there were four statues. And they were the, the typical statue of justice holding right. the scales and the right. sword. Gotcha. Uh, except they weren't blindfolded. They just had their eyes closed. Right. Four women on the, the cardinal points of the compass gotcha. on top. Um, we were approaching the building. Just the two of us, my friend Aaron and myself. Mm -hmm. We looked up. We were just about to go in the front door. I had the keys in my hand. We looked up at the statue, and her eyes were open. <laughs> and then they closed. <laughs> and they closed while you watched? They closed while we watched. <laughs> and we looked at each other, and we literally did a double take. We looked back up at the statue because yep. we both recognized that yep. we both had seen it. Yep. And we looked back up, and yep. her eyes were shut. Uh-huh. And that was it. We turned around and thank, went right back God. to school. The first smart move you made. <laughs> That's some story, all right. Thank you very much. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you look up at a statue and the eye opens and then closes, it's really time to go. I, I, I bought the whole thing, and uh, the only thing that could have caused me to reject that entire story would be if they'd have, you know, climbed up to investigate the statue or gone in the house, that would have been too much for me. But I'll, I'll buy what he gave. That wasn't bad. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hello, are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Oh, there you go. Where are you? Come on, I'm on um, uh, Long Island. All right. New York. Uh, this is Russ. This is my first time caller. And uh, I, have, uh, I have something that happened to me when I was four. I'm 47 now, okay. and um, what happened was I was running around the house after my sister. My sister was eight, I was four, and I couldn't I couldn't catch up to her. And she ran down the basement stairs. I ran down there after her, and she's running around the basement and she's laughing. And I'm trying to catch up to her. And as I was trying, as I was trying to get her, um, the basement I saw the basement door open, and so I. I said, "Down the heck with it," you know. And I ran up the basement steps to go outside. And when I got to the top of the steps, I noticed my sister was in the backyard playing. And I looked down the stairs, and I said, "Well, if she's out there playing. Then who's laughing downstairs?" But you know, at four years old, you know, who really, you know, thinks of anything scary? So, yeah, of course not. You don't. You know. So then I just went outside, and I, um, I continued to play. Uh, that was the first thing that happened. Um, and as I as I got older, uh, my father um, would yell up the stairs at me and wake me up around two o'clock in the morning and say, "What are you doing up there? Get to sleep." So I said, "You just woke me up." So. Um, so something was going on around. He said you he here. heard walking around. He says, "You're walking around up there." I said, "I'm not walking around." I said, "You just woke me up." 
so now years go by, and I'm in the kitchen, and he's in bed sleeping, and my brother is upstairs sleeping now in that room, and uh, <clears throat> and and I heard walking around, and I I went by the stairs, and I says, Jimmy, what are you doing? Walking on? What are you doing? You know, so I went upstairs, and my brother was sound asleep, so I I got a chill one up my back, and I says, geez, this is what my father's been hearing all these years, you know? There you are. And uh, and so that, that's that been going on for, you know, that happened, that, that went on for quite a few years. Have you ever seen anything? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Scared the hell out of me, too. I was, um, oh, I was around 15, I, w I would think, and we had a whole... Um, we had a, we had company over the house. It was a party for some reason. I don't know what it was. But anyway, there was a lot of people in the house. And I was coming out of the bathroom. And directly across from the bathroom is my mother's bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents' bedroom. And um, so as, as, a, you know, as I opened the door to, to come out, I saw a uh, woman standing in the uh, bedroom at the edge of the bed in a long white gown. Um, I couldn't make the face out, but she was, um, it was, it was just beautiful. I, that's all I can remember. It was just beautiful. And I went into the kitchen, and I said to my mother, I says, um, oh, who's the lady inside in the bedroom with a long white gown on? This and sometimes could be a really bad thing to go tell Mom. Well, <laughs> well, she <laughs> any, said... Any, anyway. I'm... Yeah. Yeah, well. She said, uh, I know what you're saying, bride and all that stuff, but no. Um, yeah, she, she says, no, there's nobody here, and there's no one in the house with a long white gown on. So I says, I'm telling you, there's someone in your bedroom there. She's standing there at the edge of the bed, and she's looking out towards the hallway. And uh, so we went in there, and, of course, there was nobody in there. And, I, and from that point, whenever, every, whenever I went past her door, I would never look in. Thank you. But, um, you know, because I did not want to see that woman again. Then um, there was one time where I came home from work pretty late, and I walked in the house, and I, it was dark. And um, I said, Ma, I said, you home? Because I heard the TV on in the den. And right. she always kept the lights out. She just kept the den lights on and, sure. you know, with the TV on. So she goes, uh, she goes, I'm home. So I said, okay. I walked inside and I walked in the den and there was no damn TV on and there was n nobody home. So I flew out the door. I mean, I, I got these chills that went crazy. I, I just, like, shot out that door. Um then, then I was sleeping, uh, yeah, and I woke up. We don't have a lot of time now, so. Okay, all right. Um, I was uh, I was sleeping in my room, and and the hall light was on. This is when I was just a kid, and um, I looked over towards the doorway, and there were two dark figures standing out my doorway. Uh, I don't know what they were, but they had these like they were shadows. And they were, they had hats on, and they were about, I would say, about three feet tall. Oh, we know what they are. And, uh. Um, we know what they are. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something, Art. They were standing outside my door, and then I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I said, I'm fully awake here. Uh, there's, you know, I was rubbing my eyes. I said, what the heck is that? And I looked over again, and now they were in the door. They were about a foot inside the door. So, um, I just. Laid down straight. I could not believe what I was seeing. I just wouldn't, um, you know, I just would not believe that there was something in the room. And with that, something grabbed my feet, and I shot up through the covers, and I went for the light, and I put it on, and 
There was nothing in the room. Yeah, so physically grabbing your feet. That's Something that's, grabbed that's, my that's, feet. Now, that would scare the hell out of you. I, I agree with you. Thank you very much. Bad enough to see things, hear things, walking about, and then and then see things. But the line is drawn at the grabbing of the feet. If something physically yanks on you, that means it's strong enough to have manifested itself physically in this world, and if it wants you, it's going to have you. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art? Yes. Hi. Uh, I'm Indi from Indiana. I'm a private in the uh, U.S. military army. Oh. And uh, okay. my sister had a story quite like the uh, females uh, before, um, but, you know, I had just a little bit to add to that myself because I had one of the experiences somewhat in the same time. And we were young living in an army base out in Fort Meade, Maryland. And uh, my sister was up all night frequently and she was always scared and she was always running to the bathroom and we just thought she was having bad dreams well what the young lady had described earlier was exactly what my sister was talking to us about and still continues to talk to us to this day something was literally scratching at her feet and grabbing at her feet and she would run into the bathroom shut the door and just cry her eyes out now during that time i was also uh, having things waking me up by breathing up in my face, and it would scare me so much that it would wake me up. Right in your face? Right in my face, and it just scared me completely, and Mom did not know what was going on with her kids. Now, at one time, I had felt something actually grab me, and, and I thought I was sleeping. I thought it was a dream, and to this day, it still feels like a dream, but I don't know. You tell me, uh, but it almost felt like I was lifting up out of my bed. Um and floating down the hallway, but it still, to me, it seems like a dream. But it might have been an out-of-body, but when things physically grab at you, um, it's getting real serious. Because if they want you, they got you. I hear the drums are going tonight. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. Ghost to Ghost AM, actually. Only ghost stories all night long, and they're all from you. And they better be good ones. Ghost photographs to be directed to webmaster at artbell.com. Travis in Belfair, Washington asks, Art, have you ever considered doing a show in a haunted house for an episode of Ghost to Ghost? You know, I might, and I might not. I, I don't know. If I did it, I would want to go to a real haunted house, and there really are haunted houses. But then I have to ask myself, it would be in the middle of the night, like now, and would I really actually want to do a show from there? And the real, actual answer might be no. <laughs> I'm not so sure I would. I might. I know I know one thing for damn sure. I wouldn't do it alone. So my wife, at the very least, would have to come along. I think I heard, I don't think so, from the other room or something even worse. So would I do it alone? Uh, no, 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 I wouldn't. Into the unknown night once again. 
West of the Rockies, you're on Ghost to Ghost AM. Cheers. Art, cheers. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing okay, sir. I'm calling you from San Diego, listening to you on KOGO. That'd be the one. Yeah, Padres won tonight. Go Padres. Go Padres. But, uh, yeah, I'm JD, and um, I, I talked to you uh, uh, one time before, I think. Um, uh, I'm the guy with, I'm um, really into the Summer in Time thing, too. I'm trying to uh, bring it to stage, but... Uh, before I get into the ghost story, um, now you got it. Go, got to go right to the ghost story. Well, this has to do with the ghost um, because uh, did you know Summer in Time was really not um, that Mackinac Hotel? Yes, it was actually down near you. Yeah, hotel. Yes, I know all about that. And that's a, it's a haunted hotel. They have a room shut down, but that's not my story. Um, I am from Hollywood originally, and when I was about twenty, I'm thirty-four now. Um, this. <laughs> Uh, a girlfriend of mine was had a very successful father who bought a mansion up in the Hollywood Hills, and it had been empty for about um, I don't know eight to ten years or so, whatever. And the first night he bought it, uh, he was very excited. He told his daughter, and we went to go check it out, and it had a pool. And I'm a swimmer guy, you know, from Hollywood. <laughs> sure. Anyway, it was a really creepy pool because all the plants and everything had kind of overgrown, and it was a black bottom pool. Yeah. And but it was nighttime, and I I took a dive in, and I'm really a, I, yeah, I'm a great swimmer. It was a hot summer night. It was in August. And Young and stupid, and in Hollywood. Yeah, I was. And uh, it gets worse. But um, so I dive in, and when I was under the water, I just got this panic feeling that something was wrong. And I got up and I got right out of the pool, and I said, "Something's weird about that pool." So time passes. The, the gentleman whose uh, house it was moved in, and he went away. He he's a uh, he's got schools in London and Hollywood, and New York. So he went away, and he didn't like me seeing his daughter. I was not allowed at the house or... Anyway, he was in London for two weeks, supposedly. So I went over... Good time to see Don. Yeah. So I went over and I um, brought my Ouija board, which I'd been messing around with. with, Great uh, idea. I know. So we Ouija there and we got a hold of... uh, And I'd been familiar with it. Um, She wasn't that familiar and she thought was being pushed, but it was these two little boys called Seth and Steve. You mean that we're giving you uh, messages on the Ouija board? Yeah, for real. Now, and let me guess. Uh, the Ouija board probably said, Come on, in the water is great. No, that was Art Bell on East and West of the Rockies. No, uh, 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 that, uh. no, they were four years old and seven, and the four-year-old absolutely despised me. He didn't even know how to spell. Um, he knew how to say, like, a few curse words. Like, I, I got you. But anyway, moving on. Um, this four-year-old, I mean, really, despite, and my, you know, hair was standing up by my arms. I was like, I don't like, I don't like this. This is weird. So there were these two boys, and they, the older one, who was seven years old, explained that they, when somebody lived there about 12 years ago, they were not supposed to be hanging out there, but there was a very high wall on the other side of the pool. And they went, and the little four-year-old fell. And the, the seven-year-old jumped in to save him, and the four-year-old dragged him under. They both drowned. So they told us this on the Ouija board. 
So the next day, the girl's sister came over to the house to hang out by the pool, and we were all out by the pool. She wasn't going to tell her dad either. And um, she said, hey, Amy, did you know that um, two little boys drowned in this pool? And that's why it stood vacant for so long. And we looked at each other. We didn't. I mean, we didn't tell her. So then here, I've never broken a bone in my body or ever once, and I still haven't to this day. But the dad, all of a sudden, the next day, comes home from his, you know, London trip <laughs> 13 days early. It's like he went there and turned around. Yeah. And he shows up and found me there, and we were up in his master bedroom. Just, you know, oh, it was not pretty. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> threw me out. But I was going out, and I ran out the back, and I was, like, in underwear and a T-shirt. And I went, oh, no, 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 the Ouija board, the Ouija board. If he finds the Ouija board, it was under the bed. So I ran back up, and I got the Ouija board. And as I was running out, something tripped me. I mean, there was nothing there. I was running down the But I broke my foot and I ne I've never broken anything but I know that little brat that little four year old uh, had tripped me I mean uh, it was a uh, panic situation uh, no this is really real uh, and, uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah well it's ghost night so hey I listen to you every night you're the best uh, alright thank you alright you, you have much. a good one take care uh, that would be terrifying uh, in more ways than one wouldn't it really really terrifying to be caught like that <laughs> Uh, whether it was a ghost or daddy, both were uh, no doubt life-threatening situations. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Okay. Um, just wanted to say here, um, I currently live in a house that uh, has a couple of things in it since we've lived here. Now? You live yep. there now? Yep, currently. Yep. It's always, it's always been here. Um, house is about 20 years old, so it was built new. We moved in new. Nothing's ever happened, but something's always here. What do you uh, mean? What what kind of something? Um, it, I guess it has to be a spirit of some kind, because like we've seen things moving in the house. Everybody um, who is here, you know, we've always seen something. What do you mean moving? Um, whether it's objects. Um, moving in what way? Uh, like physically moving an object and playing games with it. Like now, do you mean like? Sort of moving across a table? Do you mean something in the air? What do you mean? Yep, yep. Well, we've seen, I've seen it myself move. Um, I felt it, um, like, when I, um, actually wake me up at nighttime. Um, it's rather unusual. Like, I've seen it move objects. In uh, what way? Well, like, just from side to side or up or down, and then it will just drop it. Uh-huh. Um... It's actually taken objects, uh, and then they've disappeared, and then they'll re reappear like a few weeks later. You know, that sounds a lot like a poltergeist. <laughs> Lovely. Well, you know what else it's done? Um, one time my brother, this was before he moved out, my older brother, he's reading a book, and all of a sudden he calls me upstairs, and he's like, Matt, he's like, something happened. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I smelled this awful smell, yeah. and... Uh, it started burning his hair. What? <laughs> like, seriously, went in the room, and you know that disgusting smell when hair's been burned? I certainly do. Yeah, well, that was the smell in the room, and I'm saying, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I was reading uh, my book, and all of a sudden my hair started catching on fire. 
So he oh, needs... that's a strong clue. Yeah, that's a strong clue to move out. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's it's always um, it's something now, every could day. You, could you see anything? Was his hair singed? Was oh, yeah, actually... yeah, yeah, right at the top of it. Not a lot of it, but definitely enough to smell it. it was, but, I mean, that's just one thing. There's Every night when I go to bed, it particularly likes picking on me, and it likes picking on my mom every single night. And uh, how do you uh, how do you uh, how can you handle that? I mean, how how can you possibly handle that? How how can you not move? Um, <laughs> I haven't had a clue. Like I've gone on actually vac on vacations, and this damn thing follows me. Like I'm not joking. I could be in a hotel, and a day later on the trip, I'll be I'll just sense it in the room. I'm like, it's here again. <laughs> it actually follows you around. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but that's... I, well, yeah, it's a fine way. You did fine. The question is, how can you stay there? I mean, how can you stay there even one more night? Um, Burning hair, that's way over the limit for me. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm here every night, and usually by myself. And uh, Yeah, I'm here right now by myself. And sure enough, 2, 3 in the morning, it starts up. I, I, I record music... Uh, quite a bit for a living and uh it seems to enjoy playing with my equipment uh whether it be turns it off turns it on resets different uh uh banks in in my synthesizers well it beats having your hair set on fire yeah that's that's true all right i appreciate the call sir thank you that's not good that's not good i know the exact smell he's talking about and i'm sure you do too you've you've smelled burned hair haven't you it's awful but to have your hair self-ignite, that's a really strong sign. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. This is Andy from Largo, Florida. Hello, Andy. How are you tonight? Fine. Good. Got a story about a glowing tombstone. Up in oh, Michigan, that... oh, it, it, it's really good. Up in Michigan, you know, each town has their little local legends. Uh, there was a story about uh, off at 100th Street out in Byron Center. There's this little cemetery, and they say, well, there's a glowing tombstone in it. And I remember in high school going out here, and, yeah, you'd see it glowing through the years. It'd, it'd have vandals. One year, some kids uh, took the stone. Well, the Post Farm family that, mains, that maintains the yard replaced the headstone. And my friend Mark that still lives up there said uh, every year, it's around Halloween, it's, there's a big attraction, a, a big group of people that go out there. But anyway, it only glows during a full moon on a clear night. Sounds crazy. Well, I had vacation uh, three years ago. And when I went is, up wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me understand. This They replaced the headstone? Mm-hmm. Because it was glowing, because something was obviously really wrong. So they put a new headstone in, and it, too, glowed right, well, at a full moon. The, uh, the reason they replaced the, uh, the tombstone is because I guess some kids got in there and actually, oh, ben, ben and actually stole the stone. Ah, I got you. All right. But the new one glowed And the, well. the new one glowed, too. Well, mm. when I, I was like, oh, please. Well, when I went up there on vacation, I looked up the post farm because I used to know the family. And most of the kids are all grown up and had their kids now. But... But Helen remembered me, and she talked to me for a little bit. It was nice talking to them, and I thought it was their mercury light or something reflecting, you know, because everybody had cornfields out there. And uh, the cemetery is so old. I mean, the headstone said 1843 to 1920. Right. So he'd be, what, 77 years old. Hendrick Meyer, then the Meyer family from the Meyer farm. And she seemed a little stunned when I brought it up. 
But before I left, I took my uh, my rental car out there one night, shut the engine off by myself, and I'm looking at this, and it was a, it happened to be a full moon, and it sure enough, the, the headstone's going. Well, Art, there was an old man about ten feet from the from the stone. I don't know what he was doing out there, but he was just just standing there. Now it, you know, most people say, "Well, how do you know it just could have been someone else?" And not not at two thirty in the morning, because I'm a night owl. I'm up all night. Anyway, it was just really freaky. So I got in the car and took off and told Mark about it when I called him up a few days ago. And he says, oh, yeah, that's, that's very they're very common. But in high school, I don't remember hearing about the old man walking around. So they can't explain it. And I guess through the years, uh, even some students from Michigan State actually broke a small chunk off and had it studied. And it, all it is is just granite and, you know, graphite or whatever. Oh, well, so, yes, you know, though... Uh... I've seen a lot of movies, and in all the movies, uh, college students who take chips of glowing tombstones die in puddles of mush. Yeah, really. Hey, before you hang up, one more quick story that you'll appreciate. Remember you telling about the car that stops in a railroad track, and you can see, like, handprints on the back of it if you put powder on it? In San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, okay, well, check, true. Right, well, check this out. I'm a waiter in a restaurant, and a table I had the other night went to Clarksville, Tennessee vacation where his uncle lives and the same story same scenario and everything and i said oh come on he said well we had to spread some butter on the back of the bumper the back you know uh the part of the trunk of the bumper uh, just underneath it and then they put some uh some powder on it so the powder actually stick well they say the same story they never heard of the san antonio incident they never even heard of your show and i'm thinking they were telling me this because i said I got family that was raised in, like, uh, Old Hickory, Tennessee. Well, I don't know. What did they do? Did they go to a railroad tracks? Is yeah, there's a railroad track. Part of the car, and, and, and you're saying that it got pushed off and they had handprints on the car? Exactly. And it, the road's not at an angle, and it was an old school bus in the 30s, and a bunch of kids were hit by a train. And as of today, you know, I know enough about, you know, engineering and stuff. Come on. Your car's not going to just start moving by itself. There's no way. The road's flat. No, absolutely not. The same San Antonio search. So what is it? But they actually saw the hamburgers. Well, his wife was just so freaked out about it. It, it just it, it bothers her today. Uh, it would it would always bother me, and it still bothers me today. Why? Because of all those souls that you would not expect to remain on Earth, um, there would be the children, right? The innocents, the really young ones. If their lives were taken tragically by a train hitting a school bus. There's no way my mind can grasp the concept of a god that would allow their souls to remain, you know, to push cars every now and then. It just doesn't add up. Either that or the nature of things is not as we would have it be in our world. You know, maybe, maybe there's nothing fair about death at all. I mean, has that ever occurred to you? Everybody thinks, well, death is going to be fair because God's fair and God's good and God wouldn't uh, allow anything bad to happen to our souls, right? But maybe the truth is there's not anything. There's not a damn thing fair about death. Even the innocent children and the most innocent of adults, maybe there's nothing fair at all. That's something to think about. The dark of night, huh? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hello, Mr. L. Yes. Hi. It's glad, I'm really glad to have you back. Uh, thank you. Okay. And uh, before I get started, this is a good uh, story about my brother. 
I wanted to shout out to everybody on FNet there in the Art Bell channel. This is the source, guys. <laughs> I had just told them my story in there, and they said, you got to call Art and tell him this. So, All right, so you, so you are. Okay, uh, my brother died a real violent death, uh, and uh, we were at his funeral, and he had always told us that he'd believe in asshole travel and out-of-body experience and practiced all that, and he told us he would find a way to tell us. So we're at the funeral home, and uh, we're in a little room where there's a coke machine and vending machines. And my brother Bill says, okay, Howard, if, if you're there, let us know. The lights in the room start flickering. The coke machine flickers. It goes on about five or six minutes and stops. Really? We talk to the guy who works there, and he says, that's never happened before. He's never had any kind of problems like that in the funeral home. So we were thinking, okay, that might be a coincidence. We're leaving after the funeral, and he had an old pickup truck that was rust bucket. And we had worked on this radio on it for a long time, over a year, trying to get it to work. Right. And he didn't want to buy a new one for it because it's just an old work truck. And uh, it had never worked. We rewired it, put new speakers, try to hook them up. We're pulling out. As we pull out into the road from the funeral home, the radio comes on. <laughs> it's ZZ Top. It's his favorite song. <laughs> it plays the whole song, and then yeah. the radio goes off, and it's never played since. Really? And... Yeah, that's really. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> you know, in the world of is it a sign or isn't it a sign? That is one hundred percent sign. Well, it's go. It gets it gets better. The light flickering thing it started becoming more, more and more persistent and really consistent in my life and my family's life. I moved into an apartment about a month later. The light across the street on the street light was flickering for about a week. Then yes. it moved to the light on my side. Yes. And then a few days later, the light downstairs, and then the light above my apartment, went to about a week. And my brother called my mother one minute after midnight on her birthday, all her life. To this date, this is the most convincing evidence. To this date, on her birthday, one minute after midnight or two minutes, her phone rings. When she answers it, it's a dial tone. And it still happens. We've had friends over on her birthday just to see it happen. Now we don't know if someone's prank pranking, but for the oh, first couple of years. I don't think so. That's that's a conscious thing, definitely. But the light thing, is, it's to the point where my wife believes it now because we can be at the mall and it'll happen and she'll go to work. She says, it doesn't happen when I'm not around you. Well, gotcha, I'm around you. Listen, i got to go. We're okay, out. all right, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. I absolutely felt this wonderful love come through me and so we walked out of the graveyard it was probably about 4 3 maybe 5 o'clock in the evening and we walk into the into the yard and i'm still feeling all of these and my husband goes to take a picture and i thought oh maybe they'll show up so i asked saint michael to allow them to show up and to show up in this in this particular photograph and the odd thing is they did but i didn't tell my husband we got the film back about about a year later. Why wouldn't you tell him? I didn't. I don't share stuff like that often because you know I'm kind of like that. A even little bit. even with your husband. Even no, I, I, <laughs> you know. But I I did later because when we got the film back, we forgot to develop it. Yes. And I forgot all about it. So when we got the film back, there's this giant white glowing around me, and I had two St. Michael's medallions, one in each hand because I was going to give them as gifts to people, and I put one in each pocket. And my hands look like they're on fire. And this giant form is radiating above me, and you can see a face. Now, I have a friend who's a graphic artist, and she went looking for faces. And I, I said, I'm not going to tell you where the faces are. You tell me. So she went looking for faces, and she does, like, layouts for magazines. She's an editor. 
so she's got a very detailed eye, and she found another face, which is directly above the cross in the steeple of the, the mission of Santa Barbara, which looks like, a little bit like, you know, the picture that you have on your web of Jesus at the Vatican. It looks a little bit like that. Yes. And um, it, it was just, it was really overwhelming. And then I, I went and I showed this picture to a friend, and she said, I never believed you about your ghost until I went and visited a friend who went to Santa Barbara, and I walked to that graveyard. She said, I, I just had to get out of there. It was, I was panicking. Well, see, now, there's a, another aspect, thank you, of all this that bothers me. And that is graveyards. Again, I'm, I'm going to say this, and uh, I don't know how you all want to be disposed of when your time on Earth is gone. But... Graveyards don't sound too good to me. I mean, in terms of where I think I would like to go when my time comes. I'm leaning toward the ash idea. This graveyard thing, I don't know. Don't want to think that there's any consciousness left, and if there is, that it's stuck anywhere near a graveyard, because that wouldn't be a good place to spend a lot of after time. We're going to have our, uh, by the way, our electronic voice phenomena people on again soon. They record voices in graveyards. So you see what I mean? Think about your own final disposal. Do you really, really want to be down six for at least part of the day? Mm. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. 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 Yes, sir. Yes. Great. Hello, Art. Where are you? I'm in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yeah, all right. Okay, I have this one for you. I was, uh, we're, this road that I'm referring to that these two incidents, this happened on the same road in the same year. What, what incidents? Okay, one is on a school night back in high school, there was, uh, I had a grand, I had a stepmother that I had to uh, pay mileage on her car to use her car to go somewhere. So that's what I was doing uh, on a school night. I went to a friend's house supposedly to study, and I went over and I picked up two girls. One was named Sue, and one was named Alexis. I hope they're listening tonight. Hey, Sue and Alexis. We were down this road in front of an elementary school, and we were driving, not very fast, it's like maybe 35, 40, and a man, an elderly man and his dog, you could see, I mean, it looked just real as real can be. Sure. Did what? I hit him. You hit them? I hit the ghost. Now, uh, if you can imagine, I have two teenage girls. Did you, uh, did you feel a thump? There wasn't time. I had two hysterical teenage girls screaming at the top of their lungs. You have my sympathy on that, but I mean, when you hit this whatever it was, I mean, you hit a dog and a human, right? Yes, sir. Or what was supposed to be a dog and a human. And um, 
Uh, so obviously, the, uh, all three of you saw the same thing. They wouldn't be screaming otherwise. And so what did you do? There was no noise. I had to keep my composure and try to settle them down, and I had to try to decipher and disseminate what what just happened. And so... I was able to, and we all realized something did transpire there, and they wanted to go home, and I took them home. And to this day, I, even, I, I didn't even go home and share that with my parents or my mother or my stepmother because I had to borrow her car, and I'm supposed to be out studying. And where was this? Outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. So if they're listening this morning, um, they could contact me. And if, if you contact me, I'll put you all on together, and you can verify that story. They and would... let me tell you, my uncle, my one of my relatives on that same road, he built a nice house about four years later. I went to a Christmas party, and his neighbor is an elderly man. And at this Christmas party, for some reason, I, I started a conversation with this man. Yes. And I asked him how long he lived there in the area, and he said forever. So I asked him, I said, down the road there, was there any man that ever died that had a dog? Yes. And he said he knew his name. It was his neighbor. He died. A car hit him, <sighs> and he died. Oh. And I'm at this crit. And I'm at this Christmas party with my relatives, yep. and I didn't say anything because I didn't understand it. And over the years, I've listened to uh, Father Martin. Well, I still don't understand it. I, it. It's it's the scariest, most worrisome thing you can think about. If ever there's an innocent, it's somebody killed out walking their dog across the road, right? And this guy seems to be reliving getting hit by a car or many cars again and again and again for what? Eternity? And we, the three of us, we have to live that because it's part of our life, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure it is. Well, uh, well, maybe the girls will uh, get in touch with me. It frequently happens. There's a whole lot of this that really is genuinely scary because it's just unimaginable to me that people would be sentenced to these horrible eternities. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. It's Brad. Yes. In Rancho Santa Fe, just half a mile from uh, the Heaven's Gate incident. Oh, yes. I can imagine there may be some ghosting about there. Um, I'm 45 years old. Um, the story I'd like to tell you took place quite some time ago, back in the 70s. If you remember towards the, the end of the Beatles' career, they, they um, embraced uh, transcendental meditation for some time. They sure did. Well, believe it or not, when I was a junior in high school, uh, the people that ran, ran that uh, cult came to our school on career day uh, to a public high school. I'll be darned. Um, under the guise of they told the people that ran the school that if we all did this meditation that we would all get better grades. They actually called it the science of creative intelligence at that time. Did they really? And they 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 thought schools were foo foo these days. Well, they bought they bought it, and <laughs> my my mother did it. My every just about everybody in the school signed up. Really? Well, what happened was after about three or four wait, years. Wait, there, wait, wait, wait. Hold your story at that point. We have a break, so okay. I'm, I'm just going to hold you over, and we'll finish the story. All right? Thank you, Art. All right, stay right there. 
back at home with my wife. Uh, we were in bed messing around, and we're both kind of guarded people, but uh, guarded as in, um, you know, we don't let a lot of things out. We I pay attention to a lot of things, and I trust my senses. Well, in bed, um, we were lost in thought, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I got this feeling come over me as if, as if something was in the room with me. I never felt this feeling before, but like I said, I trust my senses, and I knew something immediately was wrong. That'll take away the moment. Well, it did take away the moment, and suddenly I got a vision in my in my head that I've never had before, and it was it was frightening. What I saw was uh, imagine seeing a pit of hell with a uh, brimstone and fire and people in agony, and that flashed through my my head. You know, I don't know how long it took, but it, it flashed in my head, and I stood up, or you know, I stood up in bed, kind of bowled upright, and I got really cold all of a sudden. This was in the summer. People in, in ag- people in agony? Yes, people in agony. Screaming, writhing, and pain. Many, many people That's in agony? Yes, it was just, like I said, it was just a brief flash in my mind. Kind of like, uh, listen very carefully. something like that. If it ran into your cho- into your child's room, you're probably going after it. That's right. Well, the, the kicker about this part is, is like I said, it kind of, that made me believe. Uh, but after this happened, my wife came out and said, you know, what did you see? What did you see? And then she started getting scared. And she said, hold on, hold on. And it was like she was praying for a minute. And she said, hold on. And then she calmed down and said, okay, it's gone. I said, what is gone? She says, it. And I said, what is it? And she explained to me, to a T, the person I saw. Well, um, I, I, okay, thank you. I don't dismiss that. I don't miss, uh, dismiss, certainly, the fact that prayer can make whatever it is uh, go away. 
but I don't know that that means that, uh, you know, we always, I, I think we think that that means it's erased. You know, whatever it was is now erased, as far as we're concerned, because it's gone. May not mean that at all. That thing is still somewhere. I mean, you just, you didn't erase it, did you? Well, some of you would think so. Or release it would be, it would, maybe that would be the word you'd use, release it. All you know is it's it's gone, right? You don't know gone to where, you know gone. Nevertheless, a tactic, if it works, it works. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, Art. Good morning. Yes, I am calling from Lorain, Ohio, which yes. is about 30 miles west of Cleveland, and I'm listening to WTAM. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm calling from a haunted house as we speak. Um, let me start by saying that this has been going on ever since I've been about five years old. Uh, we have quite a large family, four children, and my mom is raising us. Sounds like uh, you're on a cell phone. Uh, yes, I am, but uh, can you hear me clearly? Oh, I hear you, yes. Okay, well, let me start by saying, first of all, that I have seen things, clouds, um, formations, uh, shadows. Um, people have heard voices uh, calling their name. Um, friends have been slapped in the face in the middle of the night while they were sleeping over. In your house? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, Art, um, I listened to your last ghost to ghost and we were trying to get a hold of this psychic from WTAM that could tell us oh yes the one yes, who was uh, consulting the, the the gentleman there uh, in uh, the sports reporter I believe who was living yes. in a haunted house yes yes because um, me and my brother would like to do a documentary on my house um, we are the only owners my grandfather had built it from his hands and it took him many years um, Friends have seen faces. Face. Friends have seen people. Uh, my sister has seen shadows. Do you realize, though, how dangerous it is if, if, you, if in this house that you're in right now, there are things able to physically manifest to the point where they can slap a face, you are in significant danger? Well, my mother has called a parapsychologist out in Cleveland State University and the parapsychologist has told her that by the symptoms that we have named that he believes it's some kind of child that likes to play games and he told us whatever you do please do not tell him to go away or it or whatever it may be tell him to go to the light because if you tell him to go to go away he will just go to another household um, have you ever heard of anything? Well, I was just uh, I was sort of laying that out in a way a, a minute ago. Um, you might call out a name or a religious icon or the name Jesus and get something to go, but that doesn't mean that it's gone. It just means it's gone from where you are. Well, yes. Um, I, I mean, these say. things have been these, these things have been going on for years. Um, lights flicker. Um, I, we, like I said, we have tried calling. Do you, do you know how many documentary producers have been found in pools of blood? Really? Do you know uh, how many? Do you know how many? No, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, me either. But uh, probably quite a few. So, what I'm saying is, 
careful. Be well, like, really careful. Oh, trust me, Art, we will be. Um, like I said, I am trying currently to get a hold of the psychic from WTAM because we would like to just try to bring the spirit to peace. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, you're right. If this thing can do the things that I've named, then, you know, what danger can, can lurk? I mean, like I said, we're the first owners of this house. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't see, you know, we, I, I just don't understand this. And it's quite frightening at times. I'll be sleeping in the middle of the night, and I will feel something sit on my bed. Oh, really? Um, oh. I, I, I have a dog and a cat. My cat notices... Of course your cat knows it's there. Sir, I'm I'm sorry we're out of time, but you, you'd best get out of there. I, I wouldn't stay in a house like that. There's no way. Especially not the sitting with the sitting on the bed with me part. That's very typical of what you're going to get involved in. If you go traipsing and, and looking, try, trying to look this stuff up, uh, eventually you're going to find it. I mean, if you go, if you really want to find it, and there are a lot of people who write to me and say, hey, how do I find a ghost? I'd like to experience this. Well, fine. There's lots of places you can go. You can go hang around graveyards if you want to, if you're real serious about it. Sure, hang around graveyards. Listen to stories. There are houses and hotels that are haunted. There are many places you can go if you're really serious about it. 
But think real hard before you make your decision. Think really hard. Because you might not like what you find. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, this is uh, Leonard in Seattle, listening to you on uh, KOMO. Hi, Leonard. Hi. Oh, man, if I want to tell you. All right. <laughs> this was uh, about 88, 89 when I was in high school. Uh, I grew up in Alabama. About uh, oh, a good hour and a half drive outside of my hometown, there was this old plantation house kind of decrepit, falling down, disrepair, way out in the middle of nowhere. You had to go down a dirt road for quite some time to get to it. Sure. There was a kind of a story that, uh, that everybody had heard uh, surrounding this place, that when the uh, Sherman, I think it was, one of the northern generals was coming down, and they were freeing slaves in a lot of the uh, plantation houses, this one family was very adamant and against the, uh, the idea of having their slaves freed, and actually decided that they were going to, they would kill them rather than see them freed. Wow. These guys, they went back there, uh, just started slaughtering people, had them chained up to the walls and just, just killing them. Oh, my a few God. of the, uh, the people, the slaves, managed to get themselves free, get a hold of some weapons, and started just slaughtering the family. I'll bet. In all, I think something like 50, 55 people just murdered brutally in this one little house in the area surrounding it and that night and the rest of them just took off so <laughs> you can imagine the angry souls that it would be uh, hanging around this area oh I can indeed mm. so one uh, Saturday afternoon uh, me and some of my buddies had had a couple of beers and we were thinking oh what kind of trouble can we get into <laughs> we thought we'd go and uh, hey let's go look at that old house <laughs> Investigate it, yeah. see what we can see. Let's go catch us a ghost, Bubba. <laughs> exactly, right. All right, all right. So uh, we get out there, and we're looking around the house. It's just decrepit, falling down, just in terrible disrepair. Mm. We go back out around uh, to where the old slave quarters were, these little falling down cabins and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We get close to this one cabin, Yes. and uh, apparently this, from... What happened, I would assume that this is the place where all the killing happened. We walk up to it. We're about to go inside. I put my hand on the door, and that's when the noise starts. I, it, the wow. noise? What noise? <laughs> Screaming, banging on the walls. The whole shack started shaking like an earthquake. Completely freaked us out. Obviously, we didn't go in. We took off running. Uh, cars were about a hundred yards away. The weird thing is, the noise didn't get farther away as we were running farther away. It was like the noise was right over our heads. We were running like crazy. Keeping up with you. Exactly. I looked back towards the house and to the, the shack, and I saw big, bright red eyes looking out this window at us. Oh, man, we left about three inches of tire on the road getting out of there. Uh. I'm surprised we didn't run into a tree and have a wreck. Well, <laughs> you, you could have done that ghost or not, but uh, uh, that's as, as scared as I've ever been. And uh, I take it you didn't go back. Oh, no, we never went back into that area ever again. But uh, <laughs> well, I guess imagine. I guess even these days, after a few beers, that'll slow you up, and you, 
<laughs> you just don't suggest that kind of thing anymore. Oh, well, you know, we were pretty pretty darn sober right about the time the house started shaking. Isn't that amazing how, how the chemical balance of your body can change just like that? Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> Almost right. immediately. Appreciate the story, sir. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. How are you this morning? Well, um, okay, sort of. Uh, my name is Jim. I'm calling from Florida. Yes, Jim. And I'm listening to you on the sky. On the sky? WSKY. WSKY. All right, Gainesville. Yes. Yes. Uh, golly, where to start? I wrote you a while ago, uh, emailed you, but you were inundated with uh, shadow people emails, so I'm sure you didn't get to get to mine. Thousands of them. Yes, yes. I listened to the show last night, and it was absolutely fascinating. And I just want to take just a second to tell you how much my wife and I absolutely love your show. Thank you. Huge fans. Thank you. Um, where to start? Uh, the beginning. Yes. Around 1979... I uh, got involved in a haunted house project. When I say haunted house project, I'm talking a theatrical event that would happen every year in my hometown up in Vermont. Um, you mean they put on a play about a haunted house? Or no, we we uh, we found an old building and we put on a haunted house. Oh. But we didn't realize the building was already occupied. Actually haunted. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing was started by the local JCs, and they were just doing it as a fundraiser. And I got yanked in. JCs are usually pretty nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great bunch of people. Oh, oh, you mean the function, not the haunting. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, great right. bunch of people were, uh, uh, you know, getting involved, raised a little money for the community. And uh, they pulled me in because they knew I was a makeup artist. And, of course, when you're doing a scary haunted house, you want someone who can do the blood and the gore and all the fun stuff like that. So I got pulled in. Uh, so I went to a meeting at this building, and I pull up in front of this thing, and it looked like the Adams family lived there. It was an old, <laughs> it was an old abandoned school building. Well, not yes. entirely abandoned. Some of the offices were still being used, but it had been built around the turn of the century, very Victorian, two-story redstone kind of building. All right, listen, we've got this mentally pictured. Hold on, we'll do it after the break. All right? Okay, sure. All right, all right, good. Stay right there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, oh, oh, listen, when you think about it, what better place for hauntings to occur than the yearly haunted house in town? You know, a lot of civic organizations do it for uh, Halloween, right? They all build a haunted house. It goes on in almost every town across America. What better place, uh, particularly over many years, to actually... You know, have the real thing present, the real McCoy, because you'd never be able to separate them, and nobody'd ever believe a word you say, and people can't hear you scream in space. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. This is Marie in Spokane. Hi, Marie. Hi. Uh, well, I, my story is is about a ghost that my husband and I have seen. Both of you? We've both seen it. The first time I saw it 
was um, when I had a daughter. She was just a few months old, and my bedroom was across the hall from hers. And I was sitting in there one night, and I looked through my open door into her open door, and in the doorway is this woman dressed in white from top to bottom, and she's kind of glowing, and she's just standing there looking at me. And I kind of looked away and looked back, and she was gone. And I'd seen her a few times after that, and I, I didn't know what it was. But one night I was talking to my husband, and I kind of hesitantly said that I had seen this. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen her too. And it was just really odd, and we started calling her the white woman. And she was dressed in white from head to toe. She kind of looked like it was maybe an old-style nurse uniform. Right. And when we'd see her, she'd just be standing there. I wouldn't feel like there was anything wrong going on. It was like she was protecting the baby. And even when we moved, and we moved when the baby was about a year old, she was she moved with she us. She moved with you. She moved with us, and she would kind of stand guard over the baby like a. Now see, that's really really interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And she, it was like you know, she was like some stern librarian. You know, she didn't have this. Mile, she just would just stand there like she was standing guard. I got you. And you know, after and now my my baby's almost five, and we haven't seen this woman in a few years. But but this this is my youngest daughter. The same daughter she used to look around and watch things, kind of like you're you're saying you have that picture on the web of the baby sitting in the swing. Did you see that? Something. I haven't seen it yet. I right. was going to look when you I understand what You understand, though, what I'm saying. That baby, yeah. that baby is obviously, obviously, you can see it in the baby's soul. It's seeing what we're seeing on film. Yeah, it's we had, really freaky. We had this, a similar type things with, with our daughter. I don't I, you know, I never really looked through pictures of well, her. Well, then it's obvious what she was seeing, isn't she it? She was seeing something, and when she was about two... We'd watch the movie Fairy Tale. We have an older daughter, and we watched it, and and she saw the fairies. And after she saw that movie, when she'd look up and look around and watch things moving around, she'd say, fairies, fairies. And she'd point <laughs> at the fairies. And she was sure she could see fairies. And we'd just say, oh, oh neat, neat. And she just it kind of, it was just very unusual. She sure. still... Yeah, children are very interesting. Yeah, you, uh, you do yourself a favor and you go look at that uh, photograph. I will, I will. On page number two of the ghost photos, all right? All righty. Thank you. Take care. Yes, indeed. There's no mistake about what that child is seeing. Children's expressions are uh, easy to read, and that one's really easy to read, and it's really easy to see that that child sees what the camera has captured. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Where are you? Uh, right now, actually, I'm on. I'm in holidays in uh, uh, Western Canada. Okay. I'm in, uh, skiing in Banff. But um, I'm a I'm a twin. Uh, my parents died when when my brother and I were uh, very young. We were raised by our grandfather. Uh, we we both. We're in uh, Vietnam, and my brother was killed. Or we—that—that that was our understanding. Um, 
when I was, um, well, I, I came home, and um, about two years later, my grandfather died. Uh, he and I were, were living uh, alone in, in his house. Um, the night that he dies, uh, I'm sitting on the end of my bed, sort of contemplating life, feeling a little bit sorry for myself, and I feel someone sit down next to me. Oh. And put his arms, put his arm around my shoulder, and he, and it's my grandfather, and he says, Daniel's alive. Daniel's alive. And da Daniel's my brother. I've got you, yes. And I, I mean, I just froze. I didn't, I didn't know what to think, and I sort of, um, the next day I had convinced myself that, you know, I, I'm convincing myself that this is happening, or, and then I tried to blow it off. Uh, that night, um, I was uh, sitting in uh, my grandfather's den on the couch, and I can, f I, I, I get a feeling, and I look over, I was just eating by myself, and I look over at the door. My grandfather's there, and he says, Daniel's alive, and he's trapped. And you got and you got to go get him. And, you get, um, and he's trapped. He's trapped. And so, um, this was not too far, not not too long after um, I'd come home, and um, I did make some trips back, and I I was assuming that I, I thought I thought he was a POW somewhere. Um, that's what it's, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, and. So I'd, I'd made a couple trips. I didn't really tell people what I was doing because I didn't. Um, I didn't want to get locked up. Um, Clear thinking. So anyway, yeah, so, uh, we don't have a lot of time. So what happened? Okay. So then, um, uh, about a year and a half later, I'm down there again, and I've decided that you know I'm not this. It, this isn't happening. And um, you mean you're back in Vietnam? Yes. Yes. And. Uh, that that morning, the, the phone rings in my room. I pick it up. It's my grandfather on the phone, and he says, he's here. Um, he's alive. Uh, anyway, there's this tour on time. I, he, he was in a Greek, Greek Orthodox um, mission hospital. He, he was alive. He, was, um, he wasn't shot. He, there, he'd have been in an accident of some sort. Um, and he was in a uh, semi-vegetated state. A anyway, um, he was. In other words, he was in a coma. Yeah. And Your brother it, was alive. You found him in Vietnam, and he was in a coma. And we bring him home. Um, after we get him out of the hospital at home, he was still. Um, I mean, he, he never he never uh, completely recovered. But we, uh, I, I cared for him at home. The day we got home. Um, and we're, we're getting Daniel up into his room. There was a, uh, sorry, I'm getting emotional just thinking about this. Um, there was a, a mug that, that, uh, Daniel's made from a grandfather when we were in, I think, grade six or something. And, um, it was sitting on Daniel's nightstand and it was full of hot, um, grape Kool-Aid, and 
the significance of that was that um, Daniel and I would drink hot. And we loved it. And we used to pretend that we were drinking coffee like... Uh, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So And, um, yeah, so that, a couple of years later, oh, oh, five years ago, uh, Daniel died. And um, I was, uh, was going to sell the house. Um, I had listed it for sale. And uh, anyway, I got a call. From the realtor lady, she was a basket case. We only got a few seconds. Okay, and uh, she went around the house. Um, she couldn't open a single door in the house. They were all sealed shut. Um, and she said that my brother had told her that the house wasn't for sale. <laughs> um, well, I'll just let that one stand right where it is. But the clear implication is that somebody on the other side, if it's urgent enough, important enough, can come through in any way it must, telephone, electronically, or in person. So I guess it is possible, if it's really urgent. This is Ghost to Ghost AM. We'll be right back. up the audio, you know, the streaming audio, mm -hmm. but apparently you're not having a problem. No, it takes about, well, a few more seconds for it to click in, and then it's on, just like a radio. Cool. I mean, perfectly. I want to throw something at you real quick before I get into my story. What is it about you and your red eyes? Um, because I have a good story for you. Yeah, I, I, I don't really actually want to talk about Okay, it. well, maybe you don't want to hear my story. No, I'll listen to your story. You go right ahead. Let's hear it. Well, it kind of kicked off when you had uh, Gunny on last night. And I'm sure you've probably seen and you've heard people mention the movie already, Amityville. Oh, of course. All right, remember the scene about the red eyes through the window? Yes. Okay. Out of that whole darn movie, that's the only thing that scared the you-know-what out of me. And uh, anyhow, during my school years, going to college, I always thought there was a presence in my room and this kind of thing, and People say, well, you're just dreaming. Well, okay. But why is it when I wake up, it's always right at 3.15 in the morning? And, you know, just like in the movie. And I thought, nah, it's no big deal. Well, this went on and on. And like every other night, I'd always wake up right on the dot. And I had one of those illuminated clocks, 3.15 in the morning. Yes. Okay. Several years later, while I'm married, uh, well, I had the red eyes show up. And Oh, uh, see, you know... <laughs> I was about to say, uh, waking up at 3.15 or a given time every right. day is not all that unusual. A lot of people do that. Right. But not the red eyes. Well... How did they show up? Well, in this case, um, and, and I, I mentioned Gunny because, I mean, not to go backwards here, but, yeah, picture 17 and 18, I've seen those big time. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, he was mentioning how sometimes things will come to you in a dream state or at least you're real relaxed or whatnot. But uh, I was laying in my bed, and... All of a sudden, it's like, wham, I'm, I'm being chased. In bed? Uh, I'm in a tunnel with slimy walls. Oh, and, all right, so you're suddenly out of your body. Right, and all I see is these red eyes coming at me. And I'm running like, you know what? Yeah, that'll keep you going. Well, I woke up screaming and yelling. My wife thought somebody was in the house. I mean, she just, it, even the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. Well, this is usually called a nightmare. I know. <laughs> it's supposed to be a ghost story. 
Guess what? I look at the clock. 3.15. 3.15. I could have guessed. And, oh, maybe a month or two later. Not, not the running or the chasing, but I'm laying in my bed. And, yes, most people say, oh, you just fell asleep. Well, I'm staring at my door, and, and excuse me, my closet door, like you were saying, you don't like your open-door closets. Right. And I don't know if I was hallucinating. I wasn't drunk, wasn't doing drugs, but I'm going to sleep, I thought. And, boom, there's the ice, just like that. In the closet? Uh, coming out of the closet. Coming out of the yeah, closet? No no silhouette. Just, <laughs> just Red eyes coming eye. out of the closet. Just the darn eyes. I'm done with you, sir. I don't want to hear any more of, of that. Red eyes coming out of a closet. Sorry, that's it. That's where I draw the line. I don't want to hear any more. That is, that is, of all the nightmares that could be, that's the worst. That's something that I, uh, that's just enough. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. 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 I guess it's me. How are you? I'm, well, I was all right. <laughs> I have a ghost experience that uh, changed my life. Oh, well, they usually do. Go oh, right yeah. Ahead. Go right ahead. Um, I took a job as a custodian at a research center in the country. And my first night, this guy, he had a DUI, so he couldn't drive. He wanted me to take him home. And I said, yeah, I would. And we wound up coming home this back way. And he said that he didn't want me to go down this certain street, you know, for fear of ghosts or whatever. Sure. So I, I went down there anyway. Although that's pretty unusual. I mean, if somebody isn't going to go down the street, I mean, you're on your way somewhere, and it's not usual to give a, a, anybody that reason. We're not going to go there because there might be ghosts. Come on. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, I come up at the stop sign, and at the other stop sign on this street, there's there's an intersection, and there's a car at the stop sign, too. It's a black car. Yes. <clears throat> and it didn't signal. Then it put on its signal abruptly, and I was at the stoplight. And for some reason, I didn't go. I was supposed to go, then it was supposed to turn. Yes. And I got goosebumps. I started shivering. And my friend is just talking to me. He's holding a conversation because we just met each other. And I can't go. I'm stuck at the wheel, and I'm just looking at this car. And then finally, for some reason, I started inching out, and the car started inching out, too. And I was just trembling, and he was talking to me. And I looked, and in this black car is this woman with this grotesque, wrinkled face. Uh, just staring at me. Old uh, woman. I mean, it, it just looked dead. And I looked at my friend and I go, what an ugly woman. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, don't you see that car right there? And he goes, I don't, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? And I just kept going. I go, do you see me trembling? And he goes, no, I don't see anything. Okay, well, this is the first night. <laughs> the second night, I decided to go down there to try this again. We got on the same road, same night. It's about 3 in the morning, something like that. Oh. We're driving down. Why would you, wait a minute, why would you possibly go back to the same place again after something that terrifying? Why would you go back? I think it's because he told me he didn't see anything, and maybe I thought I was delusional. I don't know. But I decided to try it again. Uh -huh. right. Maybe I should be a ghost hunter. I don't know. All right. But anyways, the second night, same night, same road, same everything, almost the same spot. Mm. We're driving down, and there's this house on the corner. And we're driving, and we're coming up to the same stoplight, and I start to, to slow down, and I look. For some reason, I look over at this house, and I look up, and it's a two-story house. And in the second story, there's this room with a red light on. And it looks like it's radiating out the window, almost like, um, have you ever developed film? 
Yes, I have. They use yes. the red light. You yes, know, so yes, you yes. Can see that right. that light is coming out. And I just stopped, and I was like, it, for some reason, it intrigued me. And I told my friend again, and he saw the light this time. I go, do you see that light? And he's like, yeah, that's kind of unusual for them to be developing film at three in the morning, huh? And he was like, yeah, I guess. And we look, and we're looking and staring, and then I see that woman's face in the window, staring same, back at me. Same woman. The same face. Then I told my friend, okay, I'm not delusional. Do you see that? And he's like, no, I don't. So we get out of the car, we go to the house, we knock <laughs> on the door, and we make sure that I'm not crazy. And... <laughs> This old gentleman enters the door. I mean, we wake him up at 3 in the morning. Of course, he's he's mad. Upset. What are you on, son? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I told him, I said, hey, um, there's, you know, we saw this red light coming out of your second-story house. We just wanted to make sure everything was okay. We didn't want him to think we're crazy. And he's like, what are you talking about? And we said, upstairs, you know, is there someone here? Or he goes, no, I live alone. Do you have a dark room or something? Well, no, I don't have a dark room. I go, well, what's upstairs? He's like, nothing really, just... Yeah, some some old keepsakes or something, whatever. And we told him that there was a light on upstairs or this or that. Well, he went upstairs and he said, well, nothing's on or this or that. So we said, okay. Well, as we're walking back to the car, we look into the orchard, which is behind his house, mm. and there's a light on in the orchard. And? And I go, let's, let's go check it out. <laughs> so we go walking over to this light and we keep getting farther and farther into the orchard and then finally we come across this light. You only got a few seconds. Okay, my and... So my friend goes, hey, there's a note. So he picks it up, and he puts it in his pocket. And just as he looked up, he goes, I hear something. Do you? And then he, I said, no. So we got back in the car. Real quick. And we're taking off down the street, and I almost hit that woman with the face. And when I got home, we pulled out the note, and it said, nice to meet you. Oh. <laughs> the young and the stupid. hysterically and all of a sudden there's not three of us laughing there's four people laughing <laughs> oh really yeah and we look in this guy he's addressed just kind of like us you know hiking boots blue jeans a downfield jacket but his eyes look like the eyes of a you know an animal caught in somebody's headlights yeah and so I, my buddy I, Paul I, know, goes, I know the look right my buddy paul goes who the are you yes and the guy continues to laugh, gets up, turns around and walks about three steps away and just basically disappears. Oh, my. And being young, teenage bravado, right, we're thinking somebody's trying to pull a little trick on us. So we all jump up and we're going to go find this guy. Well, it's too dark to walk in the secluded area without flashlight. No, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I could take the somebody's fooling around with, with us part of this, uh, except for the fact that you just said he disappeared before your eyes. That's not, what we thought. But you, then, you know, but we're three of you, three of you now. Yeah. Well, that doesn't smack of a high school prank. No, it doesn't. And that's what happened was, after a few minutes, we kind of came back to the fire, and the longer we sat there, the scareder we got. Yeah, yeah. And pretty soon it was, we think we better move our camp. Right. And so we did. We actually got up that night and moved closer to where we knew there were some other people because the longer we sat there, the more freaked out we were. But I just wanted to throw that in because none of us said, you know, in the name of Jesus, go away. It was basically, who the f are you? And uh, whoever he was turned around and walked away. Well, maybe you spoke the language you knew.
Well, that's true. Maybe a drowned camper would understand that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take care. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hi, Art. How are you? Oh, progressively going downhill here lately. Well, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Well, actually, what I'm about to tell you actually goes back about 10 or 15 years when I was in the canal zone. Oh, really? Panama yeah. Canal, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, my sister and I, she lived in Gamboa. She had a Ouija board. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this, this is going to get strange, but... Um, we kind of got the plan around. It's the first and the last time I ever played with one of those things. Um, and we contacted a spirit, if you will, and asked where it was from. And it, and it spelt out Calibra, which is the town of Calibra during the construction days. And my sister asked it to make, uh, if it could make a present. And it said yes. Um. You know, when you're doing all this on a Ouija board and you're getting that much information back and it's beginning to be contemporary, uh -huh. a town you know, uh -huh. at this point, how are you accounting for what you're doing? Well, I'm, I'm really not sure, man. This is the first, this was, like I said, the first and last time we ever played with anything like this. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, anyway, she asked if it, would make, if it could make a present. And it, it said yes. And it spelt out clock. C L O C K, and then it went to buy. Spelled it out uh, on, literally the, on the Ouija. spelled out clock on the Ouija board. It literally. And then went to buy. It, it left. Yeah. Um, my sister had about six cats at the time, and about three minutes after it went by, the cats were running wild in the house, and, and just I mean, one of them went behind the refrigerator. Yep. And she had a clock that was made out of some exotic wood cut out um, of, of Panama, of the shape of Panama. And the clock, we had noticed, had turned at a 45-degree angle. <laughs> now, um, after that incident, we never, ever, ever brought out that Ouija board again. Well, you know, you're lucky that what you what obviously uh decided to interact with you uh -huh. didn't didn't decide to stay and or cross over uh-huh well it, it's just kind of funny uh you know we're talking about construction day era and it, it just kind of freaked us out a little bit cuz i mean you don't just see clocks like turning on the walls and things like that and we didn't physically see it turn uh we just happened to notice later on Within about five or ten minutes. Well, that's, that's, yeah, sure. It's pretty specific. If it says clock and then the clock is physically turned, uh huh. That'd be that's, enough. That'd be more than enough for me, especially after all that spelling. Well, it scared the hell out of me, dude. I hear you. All right, thank you. Uh, take care. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, uh, this is Denise from Iowa. Iowa, yes. And uh, when I when I was seventeen, I I was in in my bed sleeping and I woke up and I saw a spirit looking down on me. What kind of spirit? Well, he had, well, this is, I'll describe him for you. I saw him, he had a black hat on, he was blonde hair, white, and he had a red shirt and black jeans on, and I could see through him, but not, I could totally see him. Like, was he actually 
hovering above you, standing in front of you, sitting... He was, he was standing over me. Over you? Yeah. He was looking, just looked down, you know, just put your head down, look, you know. And uh, then he walked through my window. Walked through your window? Yeah. As in leaving? Uh-huh. And, I, and then I, I jumped up and I looked out in my window and nobody was there. Um, a lot of people would find it amazing that you would jump up and look out your window. <laughs> I just, he looks so real to me, so I just, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I just can't believe in modern day when we all know that if you go up to a door or a window where something like that has happened, a hand is going to gr grab you and, and drag you through the glass until there's nothing left of you but a shred... Uh, when you go up to the window like that. So I just can't believe in this modern day you would actually go up to the window. Well, well my bed was right right next to the window, so I just huh. I just looked over at my window. Huh. <laughs> okay. I appreciate your story. Thanks. Thank you. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, this happened about summer of 97. It's going to have to be a real fast one because our program is ending. Okay, uh, I lived in the town of, of all towns in Pahrump about that time. Pahrump. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Great. Let's end it this way. All right. And uh, I was living with a uh, girlfriend of mine at the time, and this one house is a single wide with a patching state on it and everything. And every once in a while, her four-year-old daughter at the time would come up and say, there's a man in my closet. i go back there and look, nothing there. Closet. And then every time, I'd hear voices standing by the front door or somebody hear voices standing in the back room and we go outside nothing dark and can't see anything get a flashlight don't see nothing right. uh, I'd call her on the phone when I was out on the road and she'd say hold on a minute somebody's in the bathroom and then she'd say I just heard a toilet flush I'm the only one in the house because her kids would be over at her mom's at the time or something or then the weird things like that would happen all the time and we'd park one night about a block away from the house we just watched the house, and we just saw shadows moving inside the house. There was, you could see the lights from the next-door neighbor shining through the windows, and you just see shadows roaming back and forth across the house. And it was like, hey, we need to say we didn't stay there very long. We ended up moving to another house across town. You know, let me tell you something. Um, there are haunted houses. I, I really haven't said this before, but there are haunted houses here in Pahrump, Nevada. In fact... There are references to them on the uh, on the World Wide Web. Oh, really? Yeah, right here, of course. Doesn't it figure right in my own little town? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, why not? It seems to happen everywhere else, so it might as well be here in my own hometown. And here you are, uh, my fin final caller, with a haunting in Pahrump. Yeah, and well, that's the only one I knew about. I lived there for about six years, and that's the only one I knew about happening in there. Well, you're obviously out on the road now, right? Uh, well, I moved back to Nebraska. I just got off the truck, and I'm headed home now. So you're, you're really on the last leg of, of your trip. Right, yeah. How does it feel to be back in a little car after being in the truck all that time? Oh, kind of different. I mean, it's just, I've, well, I've been doing it for so long. I used to have a mail jeep back there in Nevada, and going from a big vehicle to a small one with the steering wheel on the wrong side was all kinds of fun. <laughs> <laughs> good night, my friend. Uh, good night to you. I think that'll do it for the week, for the night. 
maybe for this lifetime. From the high desert, I'm Art Bell. Ta-ta.